You're listening to the Leadership Jam Session Podcast, the place where you'll get to hear leaders at all levels of management share their practical solutions to the management challenge you face every day. So let's give it a jam. I'm your host, Rob Fonte. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Leadership Jam Session. Today's jam session will consist of a panel discussion with three regional managers that I have sitting down in front of me today. But before I introduce them, I want to spend a few minutes providing you with some context on the topics that you're going to hear us discuss today. This jam session is being recorded in San Francisco, where I am launching a leadership development program for one of my clients for their emerging leaders. These are individual contributors that we are developing to one day lead a team. The way I designed this program is meant to be more of a leadership journey. So this program will last approximately nine months. We have live sessions, virtual sessions, but what makes this program special for the participants going through it is that I always use seasoned managers within the organization to serve as coaches. Each participant has a coach who is assigned to them and is with them throughout the program, coaching and mentoring them throughout their leadership journey. And we just wrapped up the kickoff session this week, which lasted about two and a half days, but also presented a great opportunity to sit down with some of the coaches who were here with me this week and have them share their experiences on what they observed this week. A couple of important points that I want you to remember as you listen to this jam session. First, the participants in this cohort are a mix between field-based employees and some home office-based employees as well. So you might hear some perspective from the coaches talking about that. And while today's jam session will bring a lot of value to my listeners out there who are new to managing or aspiring to lead a team one day, I have a feeling that some of my more seasoned leaders out there will also gain some very valuable insights from the coaches. So let's introduce our panel of leaders. First up, we have Eric Hieronymus, who is a regional sales manager based out of the Northwest in Washington. Eric has both sales experience working in the field, but also has home office experience working in training and marketing. Welcome, Eric. Thank you. Next up, we have Jen Maurer a regional sales manager out of the Northeast in the Philly area. Jen also has home office experience working in an operations role, but also has years of experience working in the field. Welcome, Jen. Thank you. And our last guest is Jessica Moss, who's also a regional manager out of the California area. And Jessica also has deep management experience, both in the field as well as working in a home office environment. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you. All right. Are you guys ready to jam? Yes. All set. Let's do it. Okay. So, What stood out for you the most this week as you sat in as coaches observing for the past two and a half days? What impacted you the most? I'll start. This is Jen. Um, I think the thing that most stood out to me was, interestingly, um, you're bringing sales reps into into uh, into an environment like this. And I didn't realize that the first day, how difficult it was for them to collaborate with their table teams. Um, you didn't. You don't think because they are a part of a district or a region that that's going to be an issue, but it really was. It took them a little while to figure out how they all are going to fit together to complete their tasks. I think the second day it was a lot more smooth and a lot better and they started to figure out those nuances. But day one, it was like the collaboration piece for me seemed significantly lacking. Mm. What do you think led to that? What do you guys think? I think some of it is, uh, you know, they're getting evaluated based on a whole different role. You know, they are, all of them are highly competent and effective individual contributors in the company. They were chosen for, you know, many reasons, not only skill and ability, but also wanting to stretch and grow. And we definitely put them in an environment that was different than their day-to-day. 
and you saw that. And there was there's some people that had confidence with it, and a lot were very unsure. And some of that is just that's what's great about stretching and doing something you haven't done before. And I think that definitely played out in, in that first day with collaborating with teams um, and kind of starting to get your you know get your feet wet a little bit. You know, and I, and I think to that point as well is that you could really tell the people that stood apart from day one and that were clearly more comfortable in this type of environment are the people that currently work in a home office environment or have worked in a home office environment, right? So, so salespeople that are out in the field in their car alone every day driving from doctor to doctor don't have to work in this collaborative environment with people that are very different from them, right? They have the people they lean on, that they call on, you know, probably daily, but they're people that are most likely like them. And here they were forced into an environment with their opposites and with people that might challenge them more. Home office people get that every day. So I think that was a big aha for me is seeing that dynamic be so different. That's great insight, Jessica. And it is interesting to see how Sometimes they view the role of leading people as different, whether it's field-based versus being in home office. Is that fair? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, did anything come to mind with that, with any of the, the dialogue or discussions that took place? For me, it kind of came on the, uh, towards the end, we're, we're meeting with our, uh, our two individual people. One of them had had previous home office uh, you know, experience and leadership, and they had also commented very similar to what you said, where some of the fundamentals are the same, whether you're leading a field-based team or a home office-based team. And, uh, you know, it's just, it, it really is kind of all of, you know, in a way, that recipe mm-hmm. and some of those obvious uh, things that continue to come up based on behavior and, and what we've seen is, is a, uh, a thing to watch out for. It is interesting to see and I've done these workshops before over the years and inevitably there is that perception of managing in home office is different than managing people in the field and to your point Eric when it comes down to it when it gets to the fundamentals there really is no difference whether it's building trust Mm -hmm. coaching giving feedback some of those fundamentals really don't change and what else stood out to you with this group the nice thing that I liked about what the program offered is that it, they were able to use their disc profile to also weave into the dynamic of leading a team and starting to see how that can be applied not only to the awareness of themselves, but how do they communicate with the people they're going to be managing so it can the conversations could be more meaningful and effective and also help build on the leadership traits that they're trying to you know, really excel at, which is building trust, having vision, collaboration. You know, that's, it's one of the, it is, it is a subtlety that's there. And they were starting to apply that. I thought pretty, pretty right, you know, right out of the gate. Um, In previous programs that I've done in the past, that wasn't always embraced. It was a little bit harder. And I thought they did a pretty good job trying to incorporate some of those, those attributes of DISC. And it was fun to watch them try to adapt their style to meet their partners that they were working with. It was it was interesting because you could tell that they were trying really hard. They were trying really hard to do it and get out of their own comfort zones 
to work better with their their partners. It was great to hear in the afternoon on the second day. So now that they've had, you know, a day and a half of lessons and learnings and disc presented to them when they went to that final scenario on the second day, that they were literally using terminology that they had learned that morning and making each other aware of the fact that, hey, this is like a scenario we heard this morning. Let's not, you know, fall into that pitfall. This is what they talked about. And they were really applying everything they heard. And it was such an engaged class. It was it was great to see that. Yep. All right. Good point, Jessica. All right. One of the most valuable parts of this workshop, of this session, is where I have the coaches sit up in front of the room. As you guys remember, this was this happened today. It's the last thing that we do, and I have the coaches sit in front of the room, and the participants can ask any questions they want with regards to leadership, and it's a great session as it gets very, it gets into some really good deep dialogue. So as I sat back, I know there were some great questions asked, so one of the questions that, that was asked of, of you guys was, you know, what's the most important leadership quality that you feel makes, makes you successful? And I remember you guys kind of sat back while looking at each other. I was like, wow, that was a pretty good question. That's true. You know? So who we wants did. to go first, right? We did. Right. Who wants to start? I think we put it, we put it on one of the other ones. Yeah, right. we did. Um, so Jen, you want to go yeah, first? Yeah, yeah. So um, openness, honesty, trust, communication. Um, trying to think what else we threw at them. Perhaps authenticity yeah. is one of them, right? Yeah. Being yourself, mm-hmm. yeah. because that will always shine through and that will carry into everything you just said yeah. as well. Yeah, it's true. All right, Eric, was there a question that you remember from the group that, that resonated? Uh, it was one of the first questions, and it was, you know, and I thought it was unique how he used both of these two words together. He says, how do you balance character with performance coaching or performance right. managing? Mm-hmm. And one of our other leaders had a, uh, actually dove into that a little bit further. He asked, you know, why would you pair character with performance coaching? And I thought the answer was uh, revealing from the, the individual who asked the question in the sense that, um, you know, the, the assumption that you have to change your character in terms of how you're delivering a performance discussion or performance coaching, whether it's, again, positive or improving. And the biggest you know, thing that we all agreed upon is that you have to have the same character throughout. It does not matter uh, whether you're doing performance, uh, you know, coaching up or performance coaching improvement um, or, you know, excelling. And, and that's part of the, the, the challenge uh, in the very beginning, I think some managers have in the beginning is, um, is just having that consistency. So it really goes to making sure that you are setting expectations clearly. That's going to lead to, to very consistent performance managing, whether it's you know, really, really positive or you know, a lot of improvement that's there. And it's all about, on the character side, it's about being who you are. And some of where the character is really going to help continue to build trust with that individual is also trying to think about how do you have these conversations in the words or the way that that participant is going to receive it well based on, you know, who they are. Very good. And Jen, I remember there was um, a question that was asked, and and you had a great uh, response to it in terms of how you shared your experience Mm -hmm. around 
moving into a, a role where you didn't have the expertise mm-hmm. and how you were able to take over that team and, and overcome that. Yeah. So basically, um, I'll just kind of briefly go over what happened. So I took over a team that was a highly technical team, um, and I didn't have the experience or even the um, skills to do what they did. So basically, I had to go into it from the standpoint of I'm just going to take a servant leader approach. So I'm just going to go in and just ask them, what can I do to help you get better? What information will could you accept from me that would give you a broader perspective so you could do your job better, especially when you're delivering insights? Because this was an operations and analytics type role. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of that field-based knowledge that they didn't have. And understanding what happens in the field would help them tremendously when delivering insights to sales leadership. So I just went with that approach. You know, you guys, the technical thing, you guys have that. You're the experts. I'm not. But what I can bring to you is I can bring you that knowledge of what goes on in the field and that thought process of why you might be seeing what you're seeing. So I just took a servant approach in how can I better make you better? What type of knowledge can I feed you to make your job better? And it worked out really great, and they, tur- they really turned into a pretty high-performing team. And I think the lesson there, I think it was very powerful because we, we were able to take that and, and provide some additional insight. Because with this group, these are high-performing individual contributors mm-hmm. going through this leadership development course. And we were able to take your story and make the, the point of saying that, you know, oftentimes when we get promoted, and unfortunately I see this in my travels with many clients that I work, that we get promoted based on, on our individual technical competencies Unfortunately, not much thought is put into whether or not you can actually lead a team, right? And that's where a lot of the struggles come into place. Uh, and we were able to take your story and make the point that uh, it's, it's, not import, it's not as important anymore when you step into a leadership role that you have to be the expert. And most oftentimes you're not. But what you do need to be expert at is the leadership skills. And that when you do take over a team, it's no longer about you. And I know that that you guys and the other coaches in the room really spoke to that because it's true, right? It's no longer about you. Right? It's about the team. And I think that was an important lesson, particularly with these with these participants as they try to make that that journey from individual contributor to thinking and seeing through the lens of a leader. And I think it's interesting, you know, I've seen too where people go from being a sales rep to a sales manager. And part of the reason why they got that role was because they were clinical experts and they really understood the product and, you know, they under, they really knew the customers and they could execute in their territory very well. And then they become leaders of a team and they're able to bring that knowledge in. But then guess what happens? a new product comes and a new disease state. And now they're not having those conversations every day like their reps are. So they, they're not the one that knows the message the best and they don't know that visual aid the best and they don't know that disease state the best because they're not having those conversations on a daily basis. And then they're like, oh no, now they think that they don't provide value. And now they start to feel like, oh, what did I do? Did I make the right choice? Can I really lead this team? Because their whole premise for wanting to do it was because they felt they had this expertise. They didn't think about the behaviors of a leader. And now when that deni- the dynamics change, 
they're out, they're like a fish out of water. It's such a great point because leading teams is a completely different set of skills. Yes. Well, and that's part of what the people at these programs are here to do, right? It's to gain skills, but it's also to kind of have that introspection time to find out if this is really what you want. And I know someone in the audience today asked, what is it that motivates us? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I loved about that question was that resoundingly for us, it yeah. was all them. Yeah. It was all that it's about them and that it's not about us anymore and that it's truly about leading them. And I think that was that was just a great question for them to see how five people that are totally different, have completely different strengths, all have the same motivator for wanting to lead teams. Yeah, I agree, Jessica. I think that was a huge aha moment because it was interesting. I do remember when that question was asked and all of you, it was like, simultaneously just answered it the same way and all in alignment. Yeah, that was funny. We all just said you. Yeah. <laughs> you. Yeah. Right. It That's was easy. a no-brainer. That's, That's an easy question. question. All right. Yeah. Right. I, I, do remember, Eric, I do remember you saying that. You were just sitting yeah. there like, oh, that's an easy question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, another question that came up, uh, which comes up often when you're when you have a, a group that is going through this program from sales. And the thought is, okay, I've got a, uh, an individual that has uh, numbers, high performer that has great numbers, but perhaps maybe they're really not a good performer. How do you manage that? How do you coach to it? Yeah, one of the things that we all talked about was being consistent in uh, observing and uh, documenting and coaching on behaviors. Because it, it really uh, can be um, uh, indicative of long-term performance. So if a territory is doing really well now, but the behaviors and what we need that individual to do uh, is not meeting expectations on using resources or uh, from the behavior side is not where they should be, that territory will eventually have sales that go down. And on the flip side as well, territory currently that does not have good sales, but all the behaviors, all of the, the resources, they are doing everything that we're asking them to do. They're meeting and exceeding expectations on the behaviors. That territory will eventually go up. So it, it's important for us to be consistent as coaches and managers and leaders of a region to be able to just be highly focused on, on objective behaviors. So what you're saying, Eric, is that while the number is important, you're really focusing on the how, right? The the behaviors, how they're getting the numbers. And over time, eventually, there's always a correlation to the numbers and behaviors. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There was another great question that was brought up, too, around having a high performer that is a true high performer and yet is kind of like the, the cancer on the team that is always negative, uh, kind of sucks the life out of a team meeting or, or things like that, maybe the one that's that's gossiping behind the scenes. Uh, and I thought you guys handled that question pretty well. Yeah, that was the time where you have to have just a very direct, more so one-way conversation and just say, listen, you know, this is the expectation and this is the way we need to we need to act right now. We're trying to, ha- you know, create a very positive environment for the rest of the team and you're you're disrupting that. <laughs> um, you know, you have to nip it in the in the butt really quickly um, and directly. And didn't, wasn't it, I forget which one of the coaches 
brought up the point that perhaps maybe they're not even aware of it. But it, it, it is. They, they might not even know. Mm-hmm. So it is really important to help make them aware of it, yeah. right? So I would say, you know, your first step is going to be to have that conversation and understand. And it's a better conversation to be had face-to-face, right? So that you can read the body language and really understand, A, if they're aware of it, and B, if they care. Right. And then you can kind of go forward from there. But it really is important to do early on before it affects your whole team. Yeah, because there is that that level of expectation from the team that the manager is going to handle it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they're waiting for you. To, they're looking yes. for you to handle it. Because <laughs> so it's, it's obvious. It's, it's glaring. And where you can provide specific examples of how it's impacting not only their team, but also maybe even their customers, hopefully should bring some awareness and uh, and behavioral change in that individual for the better. But sometimes it doesn't. And that's something you have to continuously uh, coach and uh, and address. What stood out the most for you this week, spending two and a half days with these emerging leaders? The thing that uh, I forget and and it was it was aware it was evident in the table um, kind of platforms and also the computer simulations was it's not as intuitive to to think five or seven steps down the the line on a decision that you're making or that the team's making the impact on how it's gonna you know in the scenarios and the simulations um, they're going through these little you know scenarios and they have to make decisions a b c or d and it was great to be able to see them debating between each of the decisions but sometimes there kind of comes down to two and one is clearly better because much further down the line in the future it's going to have either less of an impact or more of an impact positive or negative mm-hmm. and not all of them could could always intuitively see and it was funny to watch the coaches who are just observing in the background the body language and internally they all know it's d it's d because right. we know it's going to be you know what's <laughs> going to happen long you know down the line but we had to be quiet but the you know the yeah. emerging leaders didn't yeah. didn't have that innately and it, like you said in this course this is something that you are developed into and it's it's something that you have to learn it's not always intuitive, but that was one of the bigger, bigger observations that um, that I think that all of us do have in that foresight of decisions. Um, but that was evident that this is something that they're developing. I think part of that goes back to that collaborative piece, because I remember one of those questions, it impacted another team and they couldn't think beyond their their own what they had to do and what what they ha- could control they didn't think about the impacts to the other department I remember that question it, I felt the same way I'm like wow they just don't see they're not thinking ahead but when you really peel it back that's not their environment that they're working in today and that they'll learn that I think through the, throughout the program on why that's important but yeah Jessica so I was going to say I think the program did a really nice job of also highlighting one other element of it which is when you decide to have a conversation with someone you know what your intentions are you know what you're trying to convey but it might not land the way you think it's going to land and that isn't necessarily some foresight that they had so I actually witnessed a team you know click on an answer that was to have a conversation a one-on-one conversation with an employee And the result from the computer simulation was that that employee was angry. 
But their intention behind that conversation was something completely different. And they all reacted. They were all like, wait, that, that's not, but that's not what we're saying to him. That's not what we're trying to say to him. And the other coach and I that are observing, you know, we had one of those looks between us and we're like, yes, and that happens all the time, you know, <laughs> hopefully not, hopefully less and less, but that happens. That's reality. So I think that was a really good learning for them as well. From my perspective, it's, it's, it's just great watching the uh, the coaches sitting behind the participants observing as you guys are just sitting there like chomping at the bit, you know, <laughs> wanting to answer and, and jump right in there. A lot of these scenarios, these simulations that we put them through, uh, and you guys brought up some good points that everything that, every decision has a trade-off. There's a consequence for every decision mm -hmm. that's made. Mm -hmm. And I think that was something that was important that they really learned. And to your point, Eric, you know, that every decision while they're just thinking right here and now has the potential for some downstream effect. Or, Jessica, to your point, it's the way you intend to say something, how it's interpreted, might not land the right way. All right, one of the last events that you guys are involved with is you get to sit with each of your participants separately, one-on-one, -on -one, and provide them with some feedback, their strengths, areas, development. What was some of the, the takeaways from that, from that experience? One of the, the things I like about the one-on-ones is I can get much deeper uh, into a conversation, into insights with the people that I'm uh, paired with. And I get a greater sense of what they thought of the program, really get their feedback on uh, things that they, they liked, uh, things that were challenging to them. But then the other thing that we talked about the night before, as all the coaches, is you know, where are the strengths of each individual and coming up with a consensus of that. And then what are the areas of opportunity? Yeah, and, and for the listeners out there, what we do is uh, we have a dinner the night before, all the coaches, and we sit in a room, just like a calibration meeting that we do, that managers do at year-end reviews, or, and we kind of go through and, and come up with a consensus for each individual. And what's great about this interaction is that we, in our conversation, asked them what they thought that their own, from a self-evaluation standpoint, what they thought their strengths were and their areas of opportunity are. And uh, what was nice is that in most cases, there was alignment on what we as coaches saw and, co and basically collaborated on and agreed upon and what they themselves saw. So it, I think it helps lend to a, a very um, engaging discussion, but then also something that they are going to be taking forward in terms of continuing to improve and, and basically, um, you know, kind of uh, develop in them themselves. It was it was cool to see. Great, mm -hmm. yeah. Jen. Any yeah. thoughts from you? Yeah, I mean, I just you know, similar to Eric, I just really liked with with mine uh, there strengths and, and areas of devel development clearly aligned with everything that we discussed. So I really liked that they had that high sense of self-awareness and they had already, and they even for their um, areas of development, they already had things that they wanted to do to make that better. So I was very impressed with that as well. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Just really good. a testament to the people in this class and how engaged they were. And, you know, it's, it's an old saying we all know, right, that you get out of it what you put into it and they were all very engaged and trying to get out a lot and I had the same situation with one of my people where they it was so 
on par with everything what, that we had discussed the night before that I literally, you know, I was smiling the entire time he was talking and telling me what his strengths were and telling me what the areas of opportunity were. And at the end, you know, I had to ask, I was like, did, did, did you talk to one of the other coaches? I mean, because this is exactly the same, right? <laughs> and then, of course, we were able to take a deeper dive and, and then go from there. But it was just, um, it was incredibly self-aware, which is fantastic. All right, so we're almost out of time. So one last question. What impacted you the most as a manager? Was there anything you walked out learning? What I liked about uh, how the, this uh, couple of days was set up is that we got to also, within the coaches, we got to talk amongst ourselves. We got to share evaluations of what we saw. And it was great to be able to, to know that there's some shared observations to kind of reinforce your coaching instincts. You know, are they spot on? And uh, and a little bit of an, an affirmation of that. Um, but also in, in the sense of learning different approaches. I always love learning how somebody else does some, something because most times it, it can really help me improve how I handle that situation. So I, the learning that I get is selfishly, I think it's awesome. And that's 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 really the backbone. I mean, the coaches are the backbone of the program. And, and part of that reason is so the participants can see how the coaches are sharing different perspectives and how you guys are interacting with each other and learning from each other. I like the different perspectives that you get. But I also like hearing uh, the reps talk about why they make the decisions they make because it really uh, opened me up to think, wow, you know, you sometimes forget when you think you know your people so well when you're in the field with them every day and you forget that, wow, sometimes you you want to ask them a question, you want to have a conversation with them and you think you know what they're going to, how they're going to respond based on your, you know, your field rides with them every month and all this time that you've spent with them over the year. But you have to always remember that depending on what they're going through at the time, or what their environment is like outside of work. It could impact their thought process. So we have to keep ourselves open to what that might look like. Because I know myself, I, that was one of the things I made a mental note was, well, I just have to remember that depending on their environment, because I heard one of the other coaches, a comment was made by one of his, the people on his team that are in this class, and he, he was shocked. He's like, wow, I never thought he would have said something like that. Like it kind of was an eye opener. And that was when it clicked for me. Like, wow, you know, depending on the environment they're in or, or the situation that they're in, we can't always think that we know how they're going to respond to something that we have to talk to them about. We have to just always remember to keep that open mind and just be prepared for anything. That's great. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Jessica? So I'm thinking, because they just both said it really well, um, but, you know, leadership is an art. It's not a science, right? There's not an exact equation you can use to produce a good leader. And being in these classes really is a reminder of that. And I think it's great to have this opportunity to practice it, practice it through listening, practice it through sharing, and then furthermore, practice it through the coaching that we're getting to provide of our mentees, right? And when you have a mentee that's incredibly talented at what they do, 
and they're in an individual contributor role and wanting to show their leadership ability, but they're in the field. They're somewhere where they don't have that high visibility day to day, right? It becomes a, a bit of a challenge, but a good challenge in how do you do that, right? And how do you coach to that? And how do you help them as their coach do that and show that to others? Right. So I think that was the biggest learning for me was actually in the one on one coaching sessions is how can I help my people get to this next level and show it to everyone other than just me. Mm -hmm. Right. So how can we really work through this? And I think that's going to be an ongoing learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great point. I think the one of the other coaches uh, had shared this with uh, with me was that, you know, they had said it's it's cool to see the light bulbs go off. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, just uh, throughout the throughout the time. I mean, people, you know, that awareness of, oh, yeah, this there is a different way of having to approach this and, and the light bulbs going off. I, I always love seeing light bulbs go off. It's great. Yeah, it's great. As as coaches, you have like a front row seat and you really see some of that transformation take place. Some of the light bulbs and where they are starting to make that transition. Yeah from an individual contributor. And mm-hmm. It's great to be part of the journey. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's great to hear you as the coaches, you know, share your experiences and talk about some of the things you learned because that in itself, I think it's a great way to, to, to kind of wrap up this session with the important point of trying to demonstrate to everyone that being a leader is a, is a journey itself. It's a lifelong journey of learning. It never ends. Mm-hmm. Right? And as a seasoned True. as you guys are, you're still here walking out, learning something yourselves. And that goes for me. I always learn something new or gain some new insight from the coaches and even from the participants at times. And if you guys remember how I opened up the session, I opened it up by saying, even with all of my leadership experience, training background, master's in leadership, and so on, that the day I think I've learned everything there is to know about managing people is the same day I stop being an effective yep. leader. That's yeah, so yes. true. As we all agree, managing people is a lifelong journey of learning. It never ends. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I know it's been a long week and we're all mentally exhausted, but I want to thank each of you for sitting down and jamming with me. Not only did you bring a tremendous value to the participants this week and our future leaders, but also to our listeners. Thanks again. Thanks so much for listening in today. If you're enjoying the podcast, then click the subscribe button, leave a review, and I'll talk to you soon on the next episode of the Leadership Jam Session Podcast.